0: Blog Talk Radio Right into this world All alone got take your soul You're on your own The crow flies straight
1: The perfect line
0: Gotta look this right.
1: Talk. I'm your host Brian Tarvin and I'll be shortly I'll be joined shortly by Cuervo and hopefully Tony Clark. They'll be with us from that being said and hope everyone here had a Merry Christmas. Everyone out there listening. It's been a great Christmas on my end. I just hate to see it come and go. So here we are and it's it's so close to the NFL playoffs right now. The college bowl games are going on. So much to cover, and I apologize. I have a small cold, so bear with me. If I don't sound perfect, it's okay. I never do anyway. So thanks for joining us. And some breaking news right now out of the NFL. I'm sure you've heard if you've watched ESPN. They've shown it a 100 times. Tony Romo has surgery on his back, and he will be out for the season leading into that big NFC East matchup Sunday night on NBC. So the Dallas Cowboys, in order to win and go to the playoffs, they're going to have to do it with backup Kyle Orton. And you know, I know a lot of people right now, they're they're worried about the Cowboys without Romo, but maybe, just maybe, this team comes together, they rally together at home, so they won't be on the road. They rally together and put the best performance they've had all season out, and all of a sudden, they're going to the playoffs. But if they do make the playoffs, how long do they last? How long could they make it in the playoffs? And we are joined by Cuervo. How's it going, buddy?
0: I'm good, Carvino, on the road. How are you?
1: I'm doing good. How far are you away from Chicago?
0: Uh, We just started probably about an hour ago, so we still got a ways to go.
1: Okay. Well, be safe on your travels, and thanks for joining us. And I don't know. I'm sure you've heard the news. Tony Romo. I didn't think he would play anyway, but he's been ruled out for the season. He's having back surgery or had back surgery. Give us your uh, thoughts. Of the Cowboys. How do they? How do they rally together with Kyle Orton as quarterback and pull this big victory off to get them into the playoffs?
0: Well, I mean, it's, I think it's going to take a lot, Tarv. You know, I mean, they're going to have to definitely score on pretty much every possession that they get offensively, whether it's Six or if it's even if it's three, but I mean obviously the defense. This is this is where the defense has to, uh, you know, for just forget about the way the season's gone, and play good defense for this one game if Dallas is going to win.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think the defense needs to step up as well. And, and Cuervo, you look at talent on defense. There's no excuse for what's happening in Dallas this year on the defensive side of the ball. That. Do you, do you give the ball a lot to Murray and try to see if he can carry you against an Eagles defense that's not known for really stopping the run, or do you do you have to rely on Kyle Orton a little more?
0: No, I, I think – I really think you have to, uh, you know, hand the ball off to Murray and see what he can do for you because, uh, because Kyle Orton's not known to play well in big games. Probably, you know? He's had opportunities back when he was in Chicago and even when he was when he was with Denver – Yeah, opportunities to win ball games, get his team in position to make the playoffs, or uh, you know, just just you know, win a game when when the team needed it, and you know, he wasn't able to get the job done. So, you know, Kyle Lorton is not necessarily known to be a big game quarterback. So, being said, I think I think Murray's going to have to run the ball well in order to relieve some pressure from. Uh, from Orton having to win the game.
1: Well, Cuervo, you know, most teams don't decide in week 17 they're going to finally come together as a team and play as one team. Um, I just don't like it for Dallas. I think this game could get very ugly. I I think the Eagles right now are hot, and I think Dallas losing their leader, they were already vulnerable. They're already soft, so now without their leader Romo, I don't think they can step up, Cuervo. I'll say it right now. I don't think Dallas has the stones to step up and, and play big boy football on a big stage Sunday night. I think they fold.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think Philly wins, too. I mean, you look at the way Philly, you know, their offense looks great right now. I mean, they only put up 54 points on the Chicago Bears on Sunday night, which I'm still trying <laughs> to get over. But, um, you know, I, I I got as a fan, i got to focus on Green Bay now. But, um I mean, yeah, Philly, Philly's playing well. They're the offensively, they're clicking, and you know, those are the teams you got to watch out for come come playoffs because it's always about the team that's clicking offensively and playing well. You know, just playing overall good football offensively, defensively, and right now, depending on how the Eagles look, Tarvino, I think I think Philadelphia could be a team that the NFC needs to watch out for. Yeah,
1: and even if it's just just. Play play fantasy land here. Dallas pulls off a victory Sunday night. What are the chances of them surviving in wild card weekend really? First round of the playoffs. I think they'll get blown out, uh, no matter who they play.
0: Oh yeah, and 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 if if they were to win, Tarvino, they would get the um I want to say the four seed actually. I think the Bears, if they were to if they won, would get bumped up to the third seed. Actually, no matter what happens, if Dallas makes it, they're going to get bumped down to the to the fourth seed because uh, both Chicago and Green Bay beat them. So I think that would be the tiebreaker, if I'm not mistaken. But um, that, would, that, would, uh, that would allow Dallas to draw would probably be the New Orleans Saints. And that would be, you know, Dallas against New Orleans in Dallas would be a really interesting game because, first of all, New Orleans ain't a very good road team. However, Dallas would kind of – I mean, to, to beat Philadelphia Sunday, Tarvino, let's face it, they'd have to do pretty much. And I, I just don't know. That would be a tough game to pick. But, um, I mean, like you said, in fantasy land, Dallas wins this game. I, I don't think they would win. I think they would they would host the game, obviously. Uh, I don't think they would win, though.
1: No, I don't either. Well, you, you said something about the Chicago Bears and – and is this a game, Green Bay and Chicago? And tell me if I'm wrong, the loser isn't eliminated. So if Chicago loses this game. They're not eliminated from the playoffs, correct?
0: No, no, the loser would be, Tarvino. The loser is okay. done. Uh, the wild card spots are pretty much taken by San Francisco and New Orleans. I think. I, I don't know if they're officially locked in yet, but uh, but I know right now they're sitting with a really good chance to lock in those, those wild card spots.
1: Yeah, I think Arizona's eliminated, too, because I looked at the point spread on Arizona and San Francisco Sunday, and it's a pick'em. I mean, there's no way Arizona would be favored over San Fran if it was a meaningful game. So tell me if I'm wrong. Arizona's eliminated from the playoffs as well.
0: Um, I think they are. I mean, either that or it would take a lot, a whole yeah. lot for Arizona to get in. First of all, they'd have to be San Francisco. And they would have to have, I think, you know, a bunch of other teams lose. It's kind of like San Diego's chances in the AFC. They would have to have like three other teams lose, and then they obviously, you know, beat Kansas City on Sunday. So I think it's the same scenario. If if Arizona even has a chance to make it, it would have to. There's a lot of things that would have to happen.
1: Well, I mean, are you excited that that Aaron Rodgers is back for this? Last game here at the Green Bay-Chicago game, or would you rather see Matt Flynn on the sideline? No,
0: I'm not excited at all, Tarvino. I mean, not that Rodgers scares me because it is going to be his first game back, but let's face it, Green Bay has the best chance of winning with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. So, um, But, I mean, you know, it could, always, it could also be a good thing because, I mean, I wouldn't say Matt Flynn's got a hot hand, However, he's in a rhythm right now. He's been playing the past few weeks. And I bring it in Rodgers that hasn't played in a month and a half. It's a good thing for the Bears. I mean, I don't think so of a lot of
1: them. I think I'm going to put Cuervo on mute just a second. I think he's in a bad spot. We couldn't hear him. He's, he's driving back to Chicago from Tennessee, so be careful. I'll bring you right back, Cuervo, but Looking at this game, I, I think the Bears fans, are, to me, are very disappointed in the way that Aaron Rodgers is coming back because it really looks you know, I blame Chicago and I blame Detroit Cuervo for not taking care of business while he was out. And all of a sudden he gets to come back for one game if he wins there in the playoffs. I mean, how in the world did Detroit and Chicago drop the ball during this time Aaron Rodgers was out?
0: You know, and that's a fair question, Tarver. You know, it's fair criticism, and you know, people in Chicago, um, you know, prior to even prior to the game against Philly on Sunday night, said the same thing. Look, if Aaron Rodgers comes back for Week Seventeen, if the Bears wind up losing that game, they it's their own fault losing to Minnesota the way they did. Uh, you know, losing to Detroit when they had a chance to win that game in Chicago. I mean that that should have they should have had this thing locked up, and they didn't get it done. So, hey, if the Bears don't make it, you know that's you know obviously you're going to point at Mark Tressman, but I think the defense is also what you got to look at. As many as many points as they gave up, hell, they lost to the Washington Redskins back in October. That's a game I'm going to always look back on the season if they wind up losing as well. I mean Washington's not a good team, just not a good football team, and. Oh, I mean, they had a chance to, uh, you know, really keep, you know, get themselves in a good position. And they just, every time they had to win a game, they couldn't get it done.
1: Well, do you think the Bears will ever get back to their dominant defensive days with Tresman as the coach? You know, more of an offensive-minded guy with a tempo, with the way they score, will you ever get a defense that's, that makes you happy again. I know as a Bears fan, you you love the defense, but you always wanted more offense. And now you had more offense and less defense.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, as a Bears fan, you can't have your cake and eat it too. I mean, you can't have a dominant <laughs> offense and defense. It's just not going to happen. You're going to have to pick one or the other. That's just the way the league is now. And you know, I think I think it was you yourself. I remember, that asked me the other, you know, a couple weeks ago, uh, would you rather have the better offense, like you do now with a bad defense, or would you, or would you prefer to go back? And as much as I complain about the defense, I, I'm happy with the way it is because, you know, the league is an offensive league, and you have to put up points. And this year, nobody's put up points more points per game than the Chicago Bears, with the exception of the Denver Broncos. They're the only team that's put up more points per game than the Bears now. I haven't looked at the stats, but I know before the game Sunday night, going into week 16, the Bears were number two in the league. So I don't know how it's changed or what, but um, as much as I, like I said, as much as I complain about it, I wouldn't I wouldn't change it. Um, how, how I think the defense could get better, I just don't think Mel Tucker's the answer as defensive coordinator. And obviously they need better safeties. I mean, the safeties have got to be the worst in the league right now. With, with Conte and Major Wright. Those guys just aren't getting the job done.
1: So how much did that Philadelphia loss on Sunday night, how much is it going to play into this week against Green Bay from a confidence factor? Um, I look at it, I know it didn't mean as much today's the day or Sunday's the day that we're looking at, but did Chicago just look at that game and just say, hey, it doesn't matter, we, we need to save our, our energy and strength for Green Bay?
0: I think so. I, I really do because... If you think about it, going into that game, they had they already knew what Green Bay and Detroit did earlier in the day. So they were like, "Well, um, you know, if we win the game, great. If not, hey, we got a chance to lock it up against the Packers next week." You know, this could back this could come back to bite them, I and mean, this will be the second year in, you know, four years that they allowed Green Bay just to walk into the playoffs. If you remember. A couple of years ago, Tarvino, the Bears had a chance to eliminate Green Bay from the playoffs in Week 17 in the last week uh, when they had the bye. It was the year that the Bears actually drew a bye, and uh, they made it to the NFC Championship game. They wind up playing Green Bay, and they lost. So, you know, they all they had to do was beat Green Bay. They would have kept them out of the playoffs, and they they didn't do it. And that's when, you know, the conservative Lovey Smith was their head coach. So, um, you know, they, I mean, they had a great chance to, like I said, and not only that, but to get to grab that that number three seed that they could have gotten, um, you know, that means they would have probably wound up playing New Orleans at home. But now if they win, they're going to wind up playing San Francisco. And I, do, I don't know how confident I feel about the Bears playing against the 49ers. Even even if it if game is in Chicago, I mean, San Francisco is the defending NFC champions. Tarvin, so, um they're going to be ready.
1: Oh, they will. And I
0: believe I don't know.
1: There's a Scott caller in the studio now that hasn't pressed one. It may be Sonny. He can't talk right now. But if you're out there listening, you want to get in. Here he is, Sonny Clark. Welcome to the show, brother.
2: Big man. Hey, good day. Hey, got a couple of minutes because my uh interview is running a little bit late. Um, but just to touch a little bit up on the Chicago Bears and kind of reiterate what's going on as far as it, you know, the op- missed opportunities for the Chicago Bears during the time that you, you were kinda of talking about uh Aaron Rodgers not being in the game which uh Detroit and Chicago both I mean they're I mean they dropped the ball a mile back. And the the fact that Detroit can't get out of their own way—they're one and four in the last five, lost three in a row—and um, you know all the teams in the NFC uh, North, okay, lost last week. Okay, so you know it, it's you know there's a lot of things as far as the NFC North is concerned, and I agree with Cuervo so much. Uh, the Chicago Bears could be done before they even get started if they even get that win if they're going to end up playing uh, San Francisco, however it is the playoffs, first year uh, head coach gets them to the playoffs, I think um, they they'll look back up on the season and go, well, we lost Cutler for so long. We had McCown. They'll look at it as a successful season. And I, you know, I don't know if that's the right thing as far as a team that's going to end up if the Bears win, be nine and seven in the division, and figure that as a successful season. Uh, not too many times the NFC North is going to be a nine and seven and win the division champions. You're going to have to at least be ten and six. Or eleven and five to get that division, so uh, they're they're lucky to be able to get that division if they get the victory come Sunday.
1: Well, Sonny, you're you know I know you probably don't want to make a prediction now. You want to save it for your show Sunday. That being said, but give me a how Chicago. This is they're at home. They're a three point underdog to Green Bay. How do they get past that Philadelphia game and all the games the last five six weeks and actually pull off a victory at home to make it into the playoffs?
2: Well, you know, one thing it's going to have to be, and one thing I also agree with Cuervo on, is that defense needs to tighten up. Instead of going for the ball, get the ball in the air. Knock the ball down. Don't let the guy catch it and try to rip it out of your hands like was successful at the beginning of the season. If you take a look at the beginning of the season, they were getting turnovers after turnovers after turnovers. Well, guess what? Um, teams have picked up on what they're doing, which is they're letting them catch the ball, and then they're trying to strip the ball. Well, you know, they're too smart. You you do that too much in the NFL, uh, not for long means something. Um, And and that's one of the things, and that's why you look at the Chicago Bears defense and go, whoa, look at that defense, how bad it is. And, you know, you're not going to get away from that until you change that mentality. Um, Now, if they're trying to strip the ball because they can't cover, which maybe or may not, I don't know. Um, you know. We don't know because all they've been doing is letting them catch and they've been going for the turnovers. Maybe they need to man up, solid up on players and knock balls down instead of trying to strip it after they catch it. And that will prevent the ball from going downfield uh, more so than letting someone catch it and then trying to strip it. If it's unsuccessful, someone gets a 15-yard gainer.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, this game could go either way, guys, in my opinion. I I'm, I'm, i don't have a dog in this fight, but looking at it, I mean, Green Bay seems like they've gotten a little better and all they need is a quarterback. And, and Aaron Rodgers, I don't know how healthy he is. Is he rushing back, Sonny? Are they putting him in because of this desperation? Boy, what, what if he gets hit
2: one good time and he's out? I mean, is it too early for Aaron Rodgers to come back? Man? Well, I, I will tell you this, no. And I'm going to tell you the reason why, okay? If they lose this game, they're not going anywhere, okay? If, if Aaron Rodgers gets in there and gets the victory, obviously it does well. If Aaron Rodgers gets in there and gets hurt, it won't matter, Okay, it won't matter. It, you know, you're going to go into the playoffs with Flynn. Okay, you can't feel too confident about that as a franchise or for a coaching staff. So, you you look at the injury possibilities on what's going on. Aaron Rodgers will be back by week 1 next year. So, I think this is the now, is he healthy? I don't know. They say he is. You know, I don't know. Who cares? The fact of the matter is is when you are in that desperate mode and you are trying to win the division, you got to do it now. That having been said, when you put a guy in like Aaron Rodgers, not at 100%, he's still better than Matt Flynn. I don't care what it does, whether or not the stats <laughs> will be there, it will be about the guys that are on the field knowing who is at the quarterback position, and that will also uh, pick up their game as well. So there's a lot of things to look at that game when it comes to that. And you're right, I don't, wanna, I don't want to um, you know, break out my prediction up on this game. We'll do that on Sunday at 9.30.
1: Exactly. And, and Cuervo I think I think there's a team out there and I, I want y'all to tell me the the Carolina Panthers last week I was watching them play and tell me why their offense sucked so bad. Was it was it Cam Newton? Was it losing Steve Smith? I mean I've never seen a team with this bad of an offense for three quarters really. They had one good drive to start the game and camped through an interception but but I'll start with you, Cuervo. What? Why did the Panthers struggle so much against the Saints on Sunday?
0: Uh, you know, I, I, I mean, the little bit that I did see of that game, Tarvino, because I really didn't get to see a whole lot of uh, NFL red zone last Sunday. Uh, but what I did see, I just saw an excited Cam Newton, and I think he. He, uh, the adrenaline was a little too much for him, so to say. Uh, from what I saw, and, and, and I mean, if I'm if I'm way off, let me know. But I saw some overthrown balls. I saw I saw some, you know, balls that he just wasn't. He didn't look very accurate. And I think he got he got extremely excited in the moment. Um, and you would know better than I do. I think he kind of played the same way in the national title game back at Auburn. I mean, he, he yep. didn't look very good at the beginning. And once he calmed down, uh, you know, things got better. You know, he, he got better as the game went on. And I think that's what you saw with the Saints. You know, with the game against the Saints, he just – he was a little excited. But as time went on, he he, he uh, was able to calm himself down and, and uh, play a much better game in the second half.
1: And, Sonny, I don't know what you saw, but when I was watching it, I saw Cam Newton – eyeballing receivers, especially after Steve Smith left hurt. He had one guy in mind, and, and I think the Saints picked up on that as well. What was it, Camby, he
2: looked hurt a little bit, he looked uncomfortable,
1: and also the Saints made him look uncomfortable. What do you
2: think? means he didn't have chemistry with his other wide receivers like he does with Steve Smith. Um, yep. If you take a look at Steve Smith, you know where Steve Smith If you're Cam Newton, if you don't know where Steve Smith is, Um, you might want to reevaluate your uh, credentials as a quarterback. That having been said, the other guys that are on this team, although they've got some good guys, he is not completely trusting in who else is out on the football field for for them at the wide receiver position. They've got talent there, but he does not necessarily have an instinct on those guys. Now, that Will that come in the next couple of years? Maybe. Um, but right now he's trying to figure out Steve Smith. Now, I don't know what his... Uh, predicament will be for this game. If Steve Smith is not in this football game, uh, all I can tell you is is that could be trouble for the Carolina Panthers um, going in. Not not necessarily just for the game. You could throw that game out out the window in reality. But it's for the playoffs and how he will be. Now you know this game against Atlanta. Should they win? Absolutely, of course not. I mean, there there should be no reason why they lose. But if he is not up on the same page and they're still drawing that play to be uh, comfortable going into the playoffs with the personnel that's out there, that might be a problem for them as they head into the playoffs.
1: Hey, Cuervo, could this be the Carolina Panthers' biggest game? I mean, if they lose, all of a sudden they're they're playing in a wild card weekend. If they win, they win the division, they lock in the number two seed. The only time they would have to go on the road is probably to play Seattle. That's the only team they would have to play on the road. So how big is this game for Carolina without Steve Smith?
0: Well, I think it's humongous, Tarvin. Now they so they didn't they didn't win the division yet. I, I thought nope. they had locked it up after beating New Orleans last week. No, if they, they
1: won, haven't in locked
2: the in, so they they, the Panthers, they the Panthers only locked up a playoff. Uh, uh, they only uh, locked up a wild card with that victory. New Orleans is still uh, in control of that division if they get the win, I think. If I'm not mistaken, um, Carolina's got to win this week in order to get that first-round bye. Uh, New Orleans, if they win and Carolina loses, they're going to get that bye. Yep.
1: Yep, that's exactly right. And this is huge for Carolina. And and I think a team that needs it, the physical game they played last week, you have to admit the defense, Luke Kuechly, is the only reason the only reason the Panthers won that game was because of that defense and him. It wasn't Cam Newton. It wasn't the running game. It was all the defense. So how important, with Steve Smith being out, guys, win this game, how important is that bye week, Cuervo, for the Panthers to be able to heal up and get a game plan? Because you know it's going to be a very tough opponent coming into Carolina uh, that second week of the playoffs.
0: I think it's big time, you know, Tarvino. I mean, you're talking about – the number one receiver on the team. If we, if we were talking about Teddy Ginn being out or even LaFell, it would not be as as uh, critical. But we're talking about Steve Smith, a guy with a lot of playoff experience. And, and, you know, you can say what you want about him off the field and his attitude to things like this. This guy's played in the Super Bowl, okay? He, he's, he's been there, done that when it comes to the playoffs. He's had big games in the past. And, uh, you know, that you can't – you – can't replace that. There's no way to replace that. I mean, and it's going to be important for Cam too. If you think about it, because I think if anybody can keep Cam focused and calm in that in his first career playoff game, it's going to be Steve Smith. Okay. I think it's extremely important to have Steve Smith on the field. Uh, you know, even even for this game against Atlanta. I mean, not even from a a leadership perspective. I mean, let's face it. The Atlanta defense is garbage. I mean, they can't, they couldn't, you know, they can't cover anybody either. So, just from a standpoint of, being, you know, the opportunity to put points on the board. I mean, obviously your chances go up with Steve Smith on the field because nobody's gonna be able to cover that guy. Nobody in the Atlanta defense.
1: No, I, I totally agree, Cuervo and Sonny. What other games out there? Maybe multiple games are important to you this weekend. Which ones are you looking at?
2: Well, there, there's no question we can talk about Dallas and what we're going on. By the way, I told everybody when Chris Mortensen talks, people, you just gotta listen. The the speculation about Tony Romo not being in that or being in the lineup, that was put to bed when Chris Mortensen said he was out for the season. Listen to Chris Mortensen. The guy I, I'm telling you right now, I've been watching this guy for years. He's never wrong. Okay, this guy has the inside sources. So when he said Romo was done, I don't know why anybody even questioned it. That having been said, the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles is probably the most important game of the uh, 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 of the week uh, besides Green Bay and Chicago. I think those are the two most important games. However, I want I want to know. I I mean, I know Kansas City is set and everything, but how that you get nine points with uh, Kansas City going up against San Diego. um, And that's what the line was. And, you know, I was all over that, like pig in the slop. Now, granted, it's week 17. You don't know who's going to be there. (laughs) However, you know, know, even at that, the rest of the team is jazzed up too. So I I think I'm going to go up on the um, fact that, that kind of success rubs off on some of the other players, even though they may be the seconds and thirds. Um, so I'm kind of interested in seeing how the Kansas City-San Diego situation uh, plays itself out.
1: Well, guys, I don't know about y'all, but it's going to be very disappointing to see the Arizona Cardinals finish 11-5. and five. They're going to beat San and Fran Sunday, playoff. and they're going to miss the playoffs. So, Sonny, my question to Cuervo, he didn't know, I don't know.
2: What has to happen in order for – for Arizona to make the playoffs? The Saints have to lose, and they have to win. Arizona has to beat San Francisco, and then the Saints have to lose. That's the only scenario that the uh, Arizona Cardinals will be in, that all three teams in the NFC West will be in the playoffs. I've been watching this one. This one's been, you know, I, I go back to uh, Andy Dalton's first year where the Steelers, Ravens, and the Bengals all made the playoffs in one division. That was nuts. And I was kind of hoping that that's what would end up happening here in the NFC West uh, with Seattle, San Francisco, and Arizona. So that's the breakdown. It is simple. Cardinals win. Cardinals win. Uh, saints lose saints have the bucks i don't see it uh because uh, you can say whatever you want about the the saints okay you know not a good team or you know especially on the road but here's the thing they're at home number two they will be working on a lot of things and the tampa bay buccaneers are a team that you can work on some things for the playoffs so in reality you know this is kind of a walkthrough I am hoping that there is a way that New Orleans can lose this football game and the Arizona Cardinals somehow beat the 49ers on Sunday to where we have a great lineup because I think those would be the best teams in reality as far as the NFC are concerned to be in the playoffs. I mean, granted, if there's a way that we can cut out the NFC East champions from getting in there, that's what I would be looking (laughs) at. But unfortunately, it doesn't work out that way.
1: See Cuervo, tell me if I'm wrong. I would love just to see the best teams in in each division go, or in the AFC, NFC. Let's forget winning this division crap. Look at the NFC East, how bad it is. I mean, wouldn't you rather see an 11 and five Cardinal team that that won it on the field, make the playoffs, over uh, a Dallas team that maybe shouldn't even be there in the first place?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes That's and sometimes Dallas it just, wins.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, well, they won't. Well, they won't. But I mean, even even you can even say if if Philadelphia wins that game, no matter what. Right. I mean, can we argue that you know Arizona's had a better season than either one of those teams? Right. I mean, I don't. I don't think. I don't think you can argue against that. And now that we're on the subject of the Cardinals, guys. I mean, and then this is assuming San Francisco actually puts in some effort to win this game. If Arizona can somehow pull it off and win, how invested should the Arizona how invested should the Arizona Cardinals uh be with Carson Palmer? I mean, let's let's think about it. Sonny you say it all the time. The Arizona Cardinals haven't done jack squat since Kurt Warner retired. Right. Okay. Now with Carson Palmer as their quarterback they're sitting at 10-5, and five? I mean, that, you know, you, you talk about finding your quarterback, I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, he's not, you know, he's not uh, Joe Namath or he's not, you know, Tom Brady, but he's a quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals. He's, he's by far the best thing that's happened to this franchise
2: since Kurt Warner. Well, I, I'll tell you, yes. I, I, I don't know. Well, I mean, yes. I mean, no. listen, this is really simple. The reason why the Arizona Cardinals are in the position that they're in today is because of that solid D. Okay, the, the, Carson Palmer, as good as he is, he's been good enough. Now, you know, granted, that comes from experience, but you, you don't want to – I'm going to tell you right now. If I'm the Arizona Cardinals general manager, I'm not looking for Carson Palmer to be the quarterback of this football team next year. Okay, the reason why you're sitting there is because of defense, and the reason why you might not make the playoffs is because of offense. Simple fact. There is going to be some names that are going to be available that I would rather have in a heartbeat uh, more so than Carson Palmer, one of them being Matt Schaub. Matt Schaub in that situation, Matt Schaub is going to be out on the thing you, that is a team that has got to give this guy a look without question. Um, and, and, I, you know, the, the the possibilities of being able to get the guy that has the capability of getting the ball deep for Larry Fitzgerald has got to be foaming in his mouth to get there. Um, if the Arizona Cardinals are going to depend upon the Car- Carson Palmer next year as their starting quarterbacks, they're not going to make the playoffs. Okay? This hey – there's something to be said about the fluke, okay? The fluke is out there, you know, and they they want to go that route. They can, but Matt Schaub I think is probably a, a name that you've got to look at in reality when you're when you're the Arizona Cardinals. Wow, Matt Flynn for the Arizona Cardinals? No, 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 no. I'm Matt sorry. Schaub. Matt I'm Schaub. Matt Schaub is another one, and he's
1: terrible
2: this year. Yeah, he's been terrible. You're you're absolutely right, but that is, I think that that Matt Schaub. Could have been, at least this year, we have seen what he's been the last couple years, and Cuervo I know wants to hop in there. But the simple (laughs) fact of the matter is, okay, when you look at Matt Schaub and what he is capable of doing, he has a different mindset when you walk into Arizona. Bruce Arians, as much as I didn't necessarily think it was the best hire in the world because I was a Ken Wisenhunt fan, obviously has turned around the atmosphere in that football team, and I bet you he could do it with a Matt Schaub. Also, don't forget where this guy used to coach before he went to Indianapolis and the bad blood and the problems that – one Ben Roethlisberger is having up in as, uh, Pittsburgh. You could see Ben Roethlisberger in an Arizona Cardinals uniform. Don't forget about those things. These are things that are that are swirling in my mind. Those are two guys that I'm looking at. And depending upon how Detroit feels about their quarterback, Matt Stafford, although they're paying him a lot of money, would they be interested in getting rid of him and for, for something else? I think they'd be nuts. But there are two viable, at least two viable options out there. And Detroit, who knows how do they feel about Matt Stafford at the quarterback position? You know, Matt Stafford, Larry Fitzgerald. There, you know, without question, Matt um, or Larry Fitzgerald or or Calvin Johnson is very better than Larry Fitzgerald, and that's because of athletic uh, athleticism. Would a Uh, Larry Fitzgerald, make a Matthew Stafford a better quarterback. I'd rather have Matthew Stafford than Carson Palmer. So, you know, that's just one of the things that are swirling in my brain brain about Arizona. Go ahead, Cuervo. All
0: right, appreciate it, guys. Um, You know, Sonny, as much as I love you now, as much as I love being your co-host, I have to disagree just a little bit with what you were saying. All right, first (laughs) of all,
2: Here comes the no-love for Matt Schaub.
0: (laughs) Not right now. Not right now. The reason I say that is because, and and there's two reasons why I disagree with what you're saying. Okay, first of all, you you are talking about the Arizona defense and -hmm. how they're the reason Arizona's done so well. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, and somebody that's near a computer, please, let's look it up. I think Carson Palmer has either two or three three game-winning drives this season, uh, fourth-quarter comeback. Yeah, that would be the term for it. Um, I think he's got two, maybe even a third uh, fourth-quarter comeback this year. So you can't give the defense the credit on that. Um, and then you mentioned Matt Shaw. Schaub. Matt Schaub, the, the problem I would have with Matt Shaw if I'm a GM is this guy's confidence is so low that he probably doesn't even feel like he can make a high school team. That's the problem you have with Matt Schaub. This guy's confidence needs to build up once again. Hell, if he goes to the New York Jets next year, I mean, that would probably work out for him better than going to Arizona. And and the reason I say that is because from a confidence standpoint, okay, because we all know that without a doubt he would be the starting quarterback. And even if he screws up, I mean, look at the receivers he'd be working with. And I don't think anybody would really expect much out of him. So that's the problem I have with Matt Shaw, is just his confidence level is at an all-time low right now. And, you know, he needs to find a, a spot where he can rebuild that confidence. And I don't know. I mean, like I said, I thought of the Jets. I mean, there's probably some other teams that would be interested. But I think I think the Jets would be willing to pay him what you know, the type of money he's probably looking
1: for. Well, Sonny Clark, do you do you think that that Arizona is where they are now because of uh, maybe a weaker schedule, or to, or do you think this team is as good as advertised? Do we lose Sonny? Yeah, we lost Sonny Cuervo, and, and you are still there, right?
0: Yeah, I'm here, Tarbino.
1: Okay. okay, good. Well, looking at Arizona, though, they lost their first game to St. Louis on the road, 27-24. But let's look at their wins. Detroit, Tampa Bay, Carolina, total domination. They beat Carolina to death. Atlanta, Houston, Jacksonville, Indianapolis, St. Louis, Tennessee, and Seattle. So, I mean, does that impress you, those wins?
0: Well, I think the the win last week in Seattle, I mean, you have to be a little impressed by it, but at the same time, I mean, was Seattle really – Do they really care about that game? I don't think so, personally. Um, No. However, that could hurt hurt Seattle later on. You can't just take your foot off the gas, uh, you know, two weeks before the season's over. So that could wind up hurting Seattle later on, depending on how well they play against – you know, against St. Louis the last game of the season. But, uh... Um,
1: well, Cuervo, Seattle, you could tell the fans weren't even in that game. So are the fans smart to realize, hey, let's save it up for the, the second week of the playoffs when somebody comes to Seattle? How loud is it going to be in Seattle that first playoff game?
0: Uh, I mean, they would have – they'd probably have to bring out the uh, decibel meter to see if it'll break, uh, you know, another another record for the loudest stadium because it's going to get loud. And, I mean, you know, Seahawks fans are some of the best out there. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be really, really loud. And, you know, and, and it's not going to matter who they're playing. It's, it's, they're going to be, you know, Russell Wilson and those guys are going to be ready.
1: Well, I won't I'm, I'm tell you, I think there's, there's two or three teams out there in the NFC that could beat Seattle on the road, and I think Carolina is one of them. And tell me if I'm wrong. I think Philadelphia is a team with the way they operate on offense that could could give Seattle some problems, and maybe your Chicago Bears.
0: Well, the Bears' defense is going to have to do a complete 180 and, and actually play defense. Like Sonny said, I mean, he beats up the defense about, you know, not tackling and going for the ball, and he's absolutely but he's absolutely right and that's the problem that I see with the bears they don't tackle guys they keep trying to punch the ball out well, you know what it's you know just it's just not working this year you can't can't expect something to just magically work it's not going to happen, so you know the bears have to get back to the fundamentals, and that's tackling and when when they get back to the fundamentals then the other things will come with it. Uh, But I think they've gotten away from fundamentals. And, you know, because the defense was talented for so long with Briggs and and when Brian Vlacker was still playing, that they, you know, they just kind of – it just kind of happened where all the turnovers kind of popped up. But, like I said, I mean, they've gotten away from the fundamentals. They need to get back to it. And if they don't, I personally as a fan –
1: Tarvino, I blame Mel Tucker as the defensive coordinator. Yeah, I mean, it's all to NFL. People don't realize how how scheme, schematic, how tough you are on these guys in practice. It matters, and to me, I think I think they're going to figure out a way in the off season. You know, they may fire the defensive coordinator, bring in somebody else, but they're going to figure out a way to gel this defense and offense. And and this moves us into college football. And I don't know if you want to talk college football or not. Do you?
0: Um, you said
1: tonight? I mean, you want to talk college football real, real quick before we go?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, let's do it, definitely.
1: Well, well, just a big announcement here. Tom Luganville is going to come on the show Sunday and actually give a breakdown previewing the Florida State-Auburn-Tiger matchup. It's going to be great. But, but you saw with Auburn, and, and it's still not all the way there, where both you, you see the deep, you have a, a very explosive offense but you have a defense that kind of struggles sometimes and any time you have an offense like that you're going to give up some points you're going to give up some yardage it's just can you make big plays and and I want to ask him about that but Look, looking at the bowl season, Cuervo coming up, it's starting to get a little more serious. I mean, last night we had Utah State, Northern Illinois. Do you see now why I was preaching against Northern Illinois making a BCS bowl and Jordan Lynch being a Heisman front runner? Do you see it now? I'm, I'm, I'm sure you did before, but I mean, this guy's no no different than anybody in the country, really.
0: Uh, well, I mean, I think they just ran into a Utah State team that was. Was ready, it was a little more prepared, and uh, Northern Illinois was the, was a prime example of a team that I don't. Know, they probably just didn't want to be at that game, so you know, and and it wind up, you know, wind up fighting uh, them, fighting them in their ass. And I mean, Jordan Lynch. Um, I, I mean, I, I mean, you're right. I mean, I don't think anybody was trying to say that Jordan Lynch is going to be the next. Uh, Steve Young or anything like that, but I mean as far as what he did during the season i mean he put up he put up some big boy numbers, and was it against big boy defense no i mean i I'll, I'll, I'll be the first one to admit that it was't but <laughs> um, I mean still to do those things against those defenses was was pretty uh you know pretty impressive.
1: Well, Cuervo, I have your opinion about something, and I'm glad it just popped into my head. Uh, I don't know if you listen to Paul Feinbaum on ESPN or not, do you?
0: Not too often, no.
1: Well, tell me what you think should, should happen with this. Paul, A caller called in probably in October, 1st of October, and after LSU beat Auburn, and, and he's an Auburn fan, and he was wanting to know if Auburn ran the table would they jump an undefeated Oregon team? Would they jump an undefeated Ohio State, Florida State, maybe? And Paul Feinbaum laughed a little bit and made a bet with him. He said, I'll promise you this, Paul Feinbaum said. If Auburn wins out and makes it to the national championship, I'll personally take you. You'll be flying right beside me to Pasadena for the game. Well, now Paul Feinbaum is backing out of the bet. And I just want to see what you think about a man and his word, really, but should ESPN step in and make sure this happens? because? It's not just Paul Feinbaum, he represents ESPN.
0: Well, I mean I I think uh I I don't think it's gonna hurt the the company, I'll tell you that. I mean, you know, a five hundred dollar plane ticket, I mean ESPN makes billions a year, so why not? <laughs> I mean I mean that's it's not even a man of his work, it's a network of their work because like you said, I mean for him to say, Oh yeah, I'll fly you out there that's pretty much you know, telling him that ESPN will will fly him out there. So uh, yeah, now I don't know if I don't know if ESPN's gotten involved. They, I think they should. Uh, well, the guy's
1: on Facebook. He's he's starting to come out now. He's playing the video everywhere, showing that of uh, the tape conversation. You can go on ESPN.com and pull up the archives, and you can see this this conversation for yourself. I mean. Uh, I never back out of anything. I mean, if I told you, I'll bet you a gazillion dollars. Well, obviously I can't pay you, but I would never bet that. But Cuervo, if I told you, hey, next year if the Vols make the national championship, I'm buying your ticket, you're playing fair, we're going to the game, well, if I have to go get a loan, they borrow and steal, you're going to that game with me because I told you it happened. And Paul Feinbaum, a big sleaze bag, in my opinion. I mean, coming on here, making a bet like that, because at the time he was up Nick Saban's butt so far, he couldn't get his head out of enough. But he hates Auburn. And, and to make a joke, to mock this guy like this on the air, I think he needs to pay up. And, and, not, and it's not about money or anything. Plane ticket's about $1,500 if you want to fly to Pasadena. I'm sure ESPN could let him for free. I mean, like you said, it's nothing. It's a drop in the bucket to them. But would you, if, if this was you and Paul Feinbaum told you this, would you would you try to make him be accountable for his uh, promise to you?
0: Oh, well, I mean, why not? I mean, this is a guy that's supposed to be an, a quote-unquote expert, and that pretty much, when he when he said, I'll, I'll take you if they make it, that's pretty much saying, I don't think they're going to make it. Well, Tavern yeah. defied the odds, and, and it just kind of happened. That's just like... Uh, I think Aaron Rodgers did something like that a couple of years ago, where on Twitter, right? Yeah, something on Twitter that I forgot what the bet was about, but he he pretty much backed out of it, and you know he lost. I think he lost a lot of respect at that point in time. But um, now, pretty much, don't don't you know don't make promises you can't keep. Don't write checks that you, your ass can't cash. That's pretty much what it comes down to.
1: Well, speaking of writing checks your ass can't cash, Bob Stoops, I don't know if you remember in May, he was, they had media days, I believe, something like that with the Big 12. And, and he said, really, the SEC's success is just propaganda, really. He said, they're not as good. You know, you look at the SEC, from top, they're not as good as the Big 12 and all this stuff. Well, Cuervo, Stoops has a chance on national TV in the Sugar Bowl to play an overrated Alabama team. Ha-ha. I mean, how do, you, how do you think that's going to work out for Mr. Stoops? Did he did he spout off at the mouth, not realizing that he, he possibly didn't have to play Alabama, a team he doesn't want any part of right now?
0: Um, no, I mean, you know, sometimes you just you just talk and you don't think about the future. And oh, Bob Stoops, <laughs> I think, and I think Nick Saban, Nick Saban will use that as fuel, you know, for for this team's motivation. Not only the fact that they. Lost to Auburn and had a chance to play for a national title. I mean, for Bob Stoops to say that the SEC is pretty much—he said they're overrated and 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 the media hypes them up too much. I mean, it's not like yep. they've won seven championships in a row or anything like that. Oh wait, never mind. Um, That's—I mean, I don't see—I don't see. And by the way, two of those seven uh, were against Oklahoma. When he lost Nick Saban's LSU team, and then he got smoked by the Florida Gators. So.
1: wow, good point. I forgot that Quervo. And and you remember when in 2010 Alabama, you know, they lost three games, but they went to the big, they went to the Capital One Bowl to play a one-loss Michigan State team in the top five. They got left out of a BCS bowl. And they, they had them 49 to nothing before they could blink their eye, and it, it was just a, a joke. And do you think this could possibly be the same thing? We watched Oklahoma, both of us have. They're not very impressive at all. They shouldn't be in this game. Um, Oklahoma State's a better football team, in my opinion, but they didn't win. They didn't beat Oklahoma. But, I mean, do you think Oklahoma's going to even score in this game?
0: Because I have a feeling this could this could get very ugly very quick. Uh, I mean, I think Oklahoma will score when it's in the fourth quarter and it's like you know fifty one to nothing, and I think they'll probably give up a garbage touchdown or something like that, so yeah, I think I think Oklahoma will score when you know the starters are playing against third string defense,
2: yeah,
1: well, another big game and and I don't know if you know, but Michigan State's linebacker got suspended, kicked off the team. We have a huge Rose Bowl, and I don't think people realize how special this game is. This is old-time football being played here in the Rose Bowl. You have Stanford, a top-tier team, Michigan State colliding head-to-head. How big is losing their top linebacker going to affect them? I think it's huge.
0: Oh, I mean, you're talking about a Stanford team that can run the ball well. So, yeah, I think it hurts, and, um, I mean, that's yeah, you, know, you can't you can't afford to lose anybody on defense like that, especially a middle linebacker. Where a lot of times you see it, middle linebacker is is, is the the captain the you know the leader of the defense, and to lose him in the Rose Bowl, yeah, it's definitely going to hurt.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be a big loss. I think Stanford. If you look at this, when they play good teams, they win. They've lost a couple games against some mediocre competition, in my opinion, and they lost. That doesn't make them not a great football team. I mean, I've, I've beaten Stanford to death all year, and it's because I just don't think they're a, a national championship contender. I didn't say they wasn't a good football team. They're just not a championship contender. But being out in California in the Rose Bowl against a team, let's face it, Cuervo, Michigan State's not that good. If you if you look at their schedule and who they've beaten this year, I mean, they beat Ohio State, but I just don't think they have enough offense to be able to move the ball on Stanford. That's the key, but Stanford has struggled against teams with physical fronts, and Michigan State has one of those. But it's, it could be the best bowl game. Of the, besides the national championship, it could be the best bowl out there, probably.
0: Yeah, and we talked about that part. You know, I mean, you and I both agree that this is going to be the best bowl game. It's going to be the, I think, the closest scoring-wise. It's going to be the, the most interesting, the most physical, most everything. Just when it comes to this game. Maybe not the highest scoring, but I think it's going to be the most exciting one to watch. I think it's the most evenly matched.
1: I agree. And, and you know, I want your opinion on this game. It's not a BCS Bowl game, but the Texas Longhorns, Matt Brown's farewell. This is where he leaves Texas forever. playing against an Oregon Ducks team that has really underachieved. I mean, can Texas win this game? And if they do win, will it be because they're playing for Mac Brown or will they win because Oregon? Do you think they really want to be in the Holiday Bowl, or, or I think that's the name of the bowl, the Holiday Bowl, after wanting to win a national championship this year? It's kind of hard to, to fathom how they're going to get up for this game.
0: Well, I think Oregon, you know, needs to understand that they, you know, they did it to themselves. Losing to Stanford and then coming back to, I think it was, what, a week or two later and losing to – uh uh, Arizona. Yeah, Arizona, uh, and that wasn't even close, by the way. I mean, Arizona, mm. you know, they they put a moat hole in them. That's, they, that's what they did to them. And, I mean, Arizona, they have nobody to blame. Or, I'm sorry, Oregon has nobody to blame but themselves. So, it's not like they, you know, they lost by one point in one game. They lost a couple of games, and they got dominated. So, I mean... And the way I see it, I think, it's, I think it's dumb when teams are like, oh, we're going to play in this bowl game. You have to make the best of it. I mean, hell, you could you could be a, a five-win team like Tennessee who don't even get to play in a bowl game. So, uh, well, about that,
1: that, that's going to change very fast after this year. Uh, your Tennessee volunteers will be in bowl games, and they'll probably be in some bigger bowl games as the years go on, so I'm a Tennessee fan out there. I'm, I'm happy right now with it's the direction my team's headed. But let me ask you about this game. How intrigued are you by Oklahoma State and Missouri playing in the Cotton Bowl?
0: Very. I, I mean, I think this could be uh, one of the more memorable type bowl games that we're going to have, at least for this year, let alone, you know, probably next few years down the road. I mean, these are. When you talk about points. I mean, Clemson, Ohio State got nothing on this game, in my opinion. I think, I think Ohio, I think you know, Oklahoma State, Missouri is going to be. That's going to be a shootout. It's going to be a fun game to watch.
1: Yeah, I think that I think Missouri is going to honestly show people how good Auburn is, and I mean how 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 good Missouri. Let me take that back. Missouri is going to show the country how hard it is to stop that Auburn offense. And it wasn't that Missouri's a bad football team. It just wasn't – it was just they weren't ready for a, a matchup like that against an offense. I think Missouri's real good, Cuervo. I think they are they have a lot to play for, a lot of respect. They have a chance to win 12 games this year. And, actually, I think that would be one of the highest in school history, you know, without a national championship. I mean, Missouri's a good football yeah. team. And I would rather see this game, Cuervo, than I would see Clemson and Ohio State. Two teams that that are very overrated, in my opinion.
0: Oh, they are. I mean, you know, we talked about it, you know. And um, going back to Missouri real quick, do you know if uh, Henry Josie is going to play or is he is he out? I remember you he heard. I think him he is playing. Robert.
1: I think he's yeah. He, I think he I think he is going to play. Um, from what I know and what I've been told, Josie will be out there. And I'm looking right now just to to see if I see anything out there that tells me he's not, but Josie not playing would be a, a big hit for this Missouri offense because with him it just makes them so much more dynamic with being able for Franklin to get out, throw the ball, and being able to have to stop the run. But right now he's in. Missouri's a one point favorite in this game.
0: Oh God, you got to take Missouri. I mean, I don't see how you not you don't take Missouri Tarv. You know, I think I think Missouri wins probably by about seven points. So, but um, yeah, I, I mean. Ohio State-Clemson, I think that the majority of your watchers are going to be from Clemson area and Columbus, Ohio. Nationwide, this is not going to be a much – I mean, there's not going to be much attention with this game, in my opinion. Uh, Two teams that, you know, pretty much blew their chance at, you know, being a national champion – um, especially for Ohio State, I mean, my God. I mean, I don't. I, I it's going to be interesting, though. I think, I think uh, I would have to go with Clemson. I just don't believe in Ohio State's defense enough, but I could see Clemson winning this game. But I don't know. I, I could care less, to be honest. you know about this game? Even though it's a BCS Bowl, um, I, I probably will pay little attention to it.
1: Yeah, and one game, I want to ask your opinion before we get out of here. I know our hour is about up. How is Wisconsin a two-point favorite over South Carolina right now? We saw, last time I saw Wisconsin, uh, they were getting manhandled by Penn State. Last time I saw South Carolina, uh, they just killed Clemson. So what makes Vegas think that Wisconsin is a two-point favorite over South Carolina?
0: God, that's a good question, Tarvino. You know, maybe how well they they run the ball, uh, or maybe there's a situation quarterback for South Carolina. Is, I mean, is, is Shaw going to play? Who's going to start at quarterback for South Carolina? Um, I think hey, that might have a little something to do with it. So, if it is Shaw, though, uh, then I don't. I really don't. Unless unless they're factoring in that they, you know, Vegas feels South Carolina can't stop the run. And that's the only thing I could think of.
1: Yeah, I don't understand it. Maybe, you know, Clowney could not be playing as well, you know. he's He got a, got pulled over again. I don't know if you've heard of this. He got pulled over for speeding again. And I don't know. When is Spurrier just going to say, okay, Clowney, you can go to the NFL now. It's over.
0: Yeah, no, I didn't hear about that. I didn't know that. But now is speeding the only thing he got, you know,
1: yeah, I think Bulls over
0: so. four. Is that the only thing that came out?
1: Yeah, I believe so. Another speeding ticket. And I don't know, South Carolina, it just seems like Wisconsin plays good in these bowl games, these New Year Day bowl matched up against the SEC. And it seems like they they want it more. Where South Carolina, they wanted to play for the SEC championship. They got let down when Missouri beat A&M. And maybe Wisconsin is licking their chops now, seeing a vulnerable South Carolina team.
0: Maybe I, I mean I don't know, uh, but there, I mean there could be a lot of different things. Clowney might not play, uh, which obviously that would hurt South Carolina as far as stopping the run. But uh, I mean, I mean, is, is there any possibility that Clowney does not declare for the draft? I mean, I don't see how that doesn't no. happen. <laughs>
1: Well, if you're, if you're, I mean, may I, I think the NFL is going to get clowny pretty quick. I mean, I know he's had a bad season, but I think they realized that he didn't give any effort this year. Uh, just hoping he didn't get hurt. And I think once the, what they call it, the combine comes around, and he blows their socks off again with his speed, and his power, and his agility, I think he's going to be right up there in the top five again. But this year it does hurt
0: his draft stock. I think.
1: I don't think he'll be the number one overall player taken. To you.
0: Oh no. Oh no. Matter of fact, Carvino, I think, I think you said, you said this year hurt his draft stock a lot or did it? Didn't?
1: Yeah, it did hurt it. I mean, he was, he would have been the number one overall player taken at last year's draft really. And then he was projected for this year, but after watching him this year, I think all the hype got to him and he couldn't live up to it.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree. Uh, I mean, the kid will be lucky to be a top 10 pick. It depends on how the combine goes for him. But he's going to be lucky to be top 10. And, I mean, you never know, though. That could be a good thing because, you know, the lower he goes, the better he goes to. So he could be that missing piece on a defense that could get them over the hump. I mean, let's say, let's say, let's, let's throw a scenario out there, Tarvino. Let's say he drops, you know, his stock drops and he winds up getting drafted by somebody like, I don't know, Cincinnati. Or or even, God, imagine if the Steelers drafted him. Oh, my goodness. I mean, you want to talk about a, a, a team that gets lucky. As old as that defense in Pittsburgh is, to get a guy like Clowney at number 20-something, I mean, man, how lucky would the, would the Steelers be? I mean, that would be crazy.
1: Yeah. yeah, and that's why I don't think the GMs and people that make these decisions are naive enough to think that Clowney wouldn't be a difference maker right off the bat. I think I think they're smart and they realize maybe they've talked to Clowney and, and maybe they understand that he doesn't want to get hurt. I don't know. I'm just trying to think of a reason why he struggled so much this year. But I think once draft time comes around, it's put up or shut up time, I think these NFL owners will put up.
0: Yeah, well, and, and I mean, talking. I think this bowl game is going to be huge for him. He's going to have to play, and he's going to have to have a dominant performance. If he has another game like he did against Michigan last year, then boy, oh boy I could, I could see him going as high as five. If he has a dominant bowl game against Wisconsin, I could, uh, I could see him top five again.
1: Yes. He could easily be, but hey, Cuervo, are you guys doing a show tomorrow with uh, Sports Talk with the guys at 9 Eastern, followed by your show with Sonny at 11?
0: Um, I will talk to Sonny. I'll I'll propose it. Uh, I don't see a problem with it. I know know the scorekeeper will be back, so I don't know. I think I heard him for a little while last week, but uh, he's definitely going to be back. He called me Christmas Day. He's like, I will be there. And uh, I told them I'd join in for a little bit as well. So. Uh, okay. Well, I'll be on the road
1: tomorrow the, doing doing what you're doing.
0: Are you coming back from Bristol or are you going to Bristol?
1: Coming back from Bristol to Atlanta.
0: Oh, okay. So that's about, what, a three- or four-hour drive? No. About five, right?
1: four-and-a-half, five-hour drive.
0: Yeah, okay, about five hours. Got you. So... Um, yeah, I'm assuming it'll be in that time period where all the shows are going on.
1: I think I may leave for that. I may leave at around 8.30, 30 minutes before it gets started, and that way I can join for both shows and listen in and kind of pass the time away.
0: Definitely. And then uh, I'm going to I'm gonna propose to Sonny, see what he thinks. Um, hell, if even if he can't do it, I might just throw a little something together on my own.
1: Yeah, yeah, do that if he can't do it. You can schedule it online if he doesn't have a channel or I'm sure Roger has something. He might extend his as long as it's been he might he might need to to, to have the time to do the show. But man, I wanna thank you for coming on and joining us. A lot of fun today. After Christmas, everybody's talking about Romo, so I wanna talk about something different.
0: You wanna talk about what?
1: I wanna talk about a little something different besides Romo. There's other things going on besides oh, yeah. Romo's back, so I figure, hey, if I can't hear it, I'll talk about it myself. So thanks for joining us, Cuervo. And everybody, we will be live at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Sunday night. Uh, Tom Luganville will be on the show to join us to break down the national championship game and possibly some other bowl games. So, Cuervo, I will talk to you tomorrow, buddy. Thanks a lot.
0: No problem, Tarvino. Have yourself a good rest of the day, man.
1: All right, you too, buddy.